Welcome to this episode of Inside the NCAA, the AMA Experience. My name is Chris Johnson, and I'm Associate Director for Academic and Membership Affairs. Our goal is to provide you insight on what we in AMA encounter on a daily basis. We will have subject matter experts from the national office and within the membership to discuss hot topics impacting all three NCAA divisions. For today's guest, we have Julie Zeit, an Assistant Director for Academic and Membership Affairs. Julie is a member of the Student-Athlete Reinstatement Team, and she's here to talk to us today about the history and philosophy of that team. Julie, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Chris. How are you doing today? Doing wonderful. So before we dive in to the Student-Athlete Reinstatement Team, let's talk about your background. I think you have a very unique background. So you started out as a student-athlete initially in lacrosse, and then you were a coach. So what brought you to the national office? Spoiler alert. Uh, I did. I I started, I played women's lacrosse at Carthage College, a D3 school in Wisconsin. There I studied biology and music. After I graduated, I had big aspirations to go to medical school. Uh, Instead, decided to be a graduate assistant at DePaul University. And during my second year there, was promoted to the interim head coach and stayed there for a total of four years coaching women's lacrosse at the D3 level. I realized pretty quickly coaching was not for me. I have mad respect for good coaches because you've got to be in it to win it 24-7. You've got to love everything about it. And I was really, really lucky to have a supportive athletic director, Stevie Baker Watson, who knew I wanted to stay in intercollegiate athletics and brought up the opportunity to apply at the NCAA on the student-athlete reinstatement team and help me with my resume, the interview process, and the rest is history. And yeah, and you've been at the NCA now for, for how long? Seven big ones, buddy. Seven years. You seven years. Um, and now how long have you been on the student athlete reinstatement staff? Seven years. So seven <laughs> years consecutive on the student athlete reinstatement team. So you're well versed in this team's philosophy. So let's talk about uh, the student athlete reinstatement team. What is it, and when would an institution begin to interact with your team? Yeah, the student-athlete reinstatement team is is great. Uh, but we're the team that you don't need us until you need us, because what we do is we handle matters that affect student-athletes' eligibility. So two different, two different areas there, uh, a violation that has occurred that affects student-athlete eligibility, either in the pre-enrollment space, so when they're getting certified by the NCA Eligibility Center, or in the post-enrollment space. So any of the bylaws that would have been triggered that say they affect your eligibility and require reinstatement, those cases come to our team. On the other side of things, we also handle the waivers that affect student-athlete eligibility. So you need more time on your clock, you need another season of competition, you need a medical hardship waiver, really anything that affects your eligibility in those respects comes through our team. Yeah. So you handle basically every other eligibility one except for four-year college transfers. You, um, that's you. You got it. That is that is the four-year, <laughs> four-four transfer team. Yes. Um, so talk to us too about when an institution would would call to interact with you, and maybe some some things that have helped your staff along the way in processing some of these cases. Well, I think schools talk to us for fun because we're great people. But really, they they call to talk to us, one, before case submission, just to talk about best practices, maybe how we can help them with their case submission, and then throughout the case processing in itself. So, you know, there's a lot of back and forth about 
helping complete the storyline of a case from start to finish, uh, supporting documentation that we think would be helpful, and really anything else. So talk to us about the the philosophy of your, of your team as well. Uh, when looking through some of these cases, I think a unique perspective that most don't understand with your team is that you interact with all three NCA divisions. So that's division one, two, and three. So you're knowledgeable through all three of those. Um, just for our audience out there, AMA is, is typically divided up by division. Um, and then in division one, it's divided up even further by the bylaw teams. But you're in a neat, unique spot where you work with all three NCA divisions. So talk to us about that. Oh, I love it. It makes it makes works fun. You always see something new, uh, and it really does make you pay really close attention to details. Because as you know, uh, each division has their own set of legislation. They've got their own guidelines. So it's something I enjoy about being on the reinstatement team. Uh, our philosophy is like my personal pledge of allegiance. I get to the office every day and I just recite it to myself. Uh, I actually don't know it by memory, but you can find it on our policies and procedures. Uh, really what our philosophy says is that when we reinstate student athletes, if a violation has occurred, we want to put them back in the position they were in prior to the violation occurring. So for example, if a student athlete received an impermissible extra benefit of $250, we would say that they need to repay that $250 to a charity of their choice. Uh, at times, there are withholding conditions that are associated with that as well. It just really depends on the violation and the circumstances. Uh, specific to waivers, we do our best to review the totality of circumstances to see if an approval is warranted. And we make all of our decisions not only considering the well-being of the individual student-athlete, but as the student-athlete population as a whole. And you talked about some guidelines just a, just a minute ago, and, and you mentioned we. Uh, who develops these guidelines uh, along the way? It is our Committee on Student-Athlete Reinstatement in all three divisions. So like you said, we were not federated. Um, however, each individual division does have their own committee, and then they come together as a collective Committee on Student-Athlete Reinstatement. So we review these committee guidelines with them twice a year and just to make sure that they're up to date, they're modernized, and they're still in the appropriate place. Got it. So just for an example, I, there's one student-athlete reinstatement committee, and then within each one, there's a Division One, Division Two, and Division Three. You got it. Okay. And then they meet twice a year. Is that, is that what you said? Or once per year? We meet twice a year. Okay. Yep. Okay, that's quite a bit of work, and that's comprised of people from the membership, correct? Yeah, so in each of the three committees, we've got FARs, which stands for Faculty Athletic Representatives. We've got athletic directors, conference representations, a really good mix of professionals from all across the board. And like I said, D1, D2, D3. That's great to know. And so talk to us. You, you mentioned violations. So enforcement is, is definitely someone you guys continue to talk with. And then you previously mentioned the Eligibility Center. So talk to us about, about that collaboration even outside of AMA and within regulatory affairs as a whole. You got it. We do work really closely with um, teams within AMA and then outside of AMA. So enforcement, a lot of times that they're processing violations that also affect the student-athlete's eligibility. So we make sure to communicate with each other throughout the process to make sure that we're all on the same page. They handle the institutional violation where we handle the eligibility component of it. 
Likewise, with the Eligibility Center, we work with them mostly in the pre-enrollment space. So in Divisions 1 and 2, all student-athletes are required to have their eligibility certified through the EC, um, and that's their amateurism and their academics. If a student-athlete receives a final not certified decision, it's required that they come through student-athlete reinstatement before they can be certified as eligible for competition at an NCA institution. This is the first year in Division Three where they are also required to have their international student-athletes request their amateurism certification through the EC. So as you can imagine, throughout the past few years, we've been working really closely with them to make sure our guidelines are appropriate, to make sure that we have a mutual understanding of the legislation and how it should apply um, in certifying those student-athletes for the first time. Awesome. Julie, thanks for coming on the podcast today to discuss the student-athlete reinstatement team. And to our audience, thank you for tuning in to this episode of Inside the NCAA, the AMA Experience. Be on the lookout for our next episode in two weeks.